Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome into the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Your other host, James Salinas, out there in Denver, Colorado. James, how's it going? It's all good out here. It is. We're winding down to the all-star break, and obviously out here in Colorado, Pritch, and Denver in particular, right at Coors Field, all-star festivities have been happening all week. So everybody, this town's buzzing with all-star excitement coming up for the weekend, for mm-hmm. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, so many things, and plus a few games to still get through before we get to the all-star break. That's right. Uh, speaking of the all-star game in Denver, Colorado, I can't think of a better place to have the all-star game. Lodo, the activity, uh, the restaurants. Uh, the fact that you can walk everywhere uh, that you need to go if you're visiting uh, Denver, Colorado at this time. So uh, take us out there. Bring us to your place right now, uh, James, because I think a lot of people are looking forward to this all-star game, the home run derby in particular, because of the participants. Uh, Otani, I mean, this guy is amazing. He's plus 325 uh, to win the home run derby. How excited are people right now? Uh, absolutely. I think that's that's uh, that may actually the home run derby may actually supersede the uh, the attention for the actual game itself on Tuesday, because just to talk not only Otani, but you talk about Coors Field and, mm-hmm. and the light air up here at elevation a mile high balls flying. Now, which balls are they going to use? We'll find <laughs> out. So, yeah, the, I don't know if we'll be seeing the humidor balls come Monday. I suspect we won't. Uh, it is going to be a launch pad. The weather out here, Pritch, is is going to be it's going to be hot it's going to be dry that ball is going to fly especially as it starts to get later in the day it is going to be flying out of this ballpark yeah you know I was going to ask you that too whether the weather uh, was going to play some type of role but probably not I mean it's, it's going to be dry uh, out there hopefully and certainly there's not going to be any humidity as well uh, Joey Gallo looking at him at plus 450 the local product uh, from out here in Vegas uh, he's got some power from the left side, too. Otani from the left side. I mean, I remember Larry Walker when he was playing out there from the left side, uh, James, and how he could launch the, that baseball as well. 
yeah, think, and think about think about the dimensions of the ballpark at Coors Field. So mm-hmm. it's a little shorter to left field than it is to right field, just slightly. Now the power alleys to left are deeper. Power alley to left center is 390 as opposed to right center. It's it's roughly about 370, 375. But okay. down the right field line, it, the the fence is a little bit taller for what it's worth. It because it's the manual scoreboard out there in right field. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it's it's probably double. Usually fences are eight feet high, so that's going to be about seven. 16, 17 feet high with the manual scoreboard. Although for the home run derby, I don't think the the size of the right field wall is going to matter much, whether it's eight feet, it's 17 feet, or you put the green monster out there, the ball is going to be launched and it's going to get deep over that left or that right field fence where you're talking about 350 down the line. Yeah, absolutely. So when you look at this list, I mean, Trevor's story's on there too. He's plus 700. Um, uh, taking a shot at any long shots at all here or anybody that stands out to you deeper down the list? You think of Trey Mancini. I mean, the, the, I think that's the sentimental story right there, mm-hmm. coming back from fighting off the, the the cancer and getting back out on the field. I think everybody will be rooting for him from that perspective. So good for Mancini to be able to get, not only get back and battle through the hardships that he had to endure, but now be able to get out here and, and have fun slugging the baseball out of the ballpark. I think the the thing with the home run derby is, you know, it's it's ultimately it's a battle of attrition. Right. Because it does take these guys, which to me, if, if I'm betting it, I'm not sure if I will. But if I do, looking at which guys have more of that effortless type of swing where they're not putting so much uh, so much energy and effort into every swing, all their torque and everything going into to trying to launch the ball out of the ballpark. And you talked about Otani and as well as Gallo. Gallo's got a pretty sweet stroke from that left side. Otani, though, you know, he can use his legs. Sometimes it's upper body. It just He seems so effortless when he drives the baseball. It's not like you think about it. A guy like Pete Alonso and as strong as Pete Alonso is, but man, there is so much torque, right? He's throwing mm-hmm. hands, hips, I mean, <laughs> torso, you name it. He's putting all that energy into the baseball, but that can kind of grind and wear you down throughout the course of the duration of the contest. So I think that's something to consider too. Who has more of the effortless swing that doesn't have to use as much energy and strength to drive the ball out of the ballpark? Totally agree with you on that. Uh, looking forward to the home run derby for sure. The AL right now to win minus 200 to end. NL plus 160 uh, there as well. So the all-star game, uh, the table, the stage is set. Denver, Colorado, uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to the fact that that home run derby is going to be in the thin air out there in Denver. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host live from Las Vegas, your host live from Denver, Colorado, James Salinas. James, game two last night, uh, Milwaukee and the Suns. Uh, the Suns got that cover, obviously. Uh, and then you look at the fact that it cashes to the over as well. I know we were talking about an in-game perspective on yesterday's show. Uh, I didn't participate in-game. I was thinking about it, but I didn't, but certainly was able to cash some tickets uh, that we talked about yesterday, including some player props as well. The, that's where I did. I didn't get involved in the cider total until halftime. And we had talked about that too, needing to find out what the adjustments, how is Giannis going to look mm-hmm. for starters, right? We discussed that. How is he going to look coming back from playing in game one? Would his knee have any issues? Would there be any swelling, anything, anything like that, that really impacted his effectiveness? <laughs> Obviously not. He looked <laughs> tremendous. He right. was very aggressive, very healthy. And that's great to see. I think that's what we want, especially through this, the entirety of the NBA playoffs so much we talked about attrition in the home run derby, mm-hmm. uh, trying to hit the ball and, and the effort. Well, attrition of who is actually going to be healthy. That's where we're at here in the NBA Finals. So, so I'm glad to see that that Giannis was out there and very aggressive and and looked incredibly, you know, very healthy. I don't know if he's 100. percent He was at times where he was grabbing at his knee, and I didn't get involved until the second half. And I wanted to really see not only for Giannis' perspective of how healthy was he going to be bouncing back from Game One. But what were the adjustments on the defensive side for Milwaukee to defend Chris Paul and the ball screen out there on the perimeter? I don't know if we saw a whole whole lot more of adjustment outside of we did see we did see Drew Holiday tend to pick up Chris Paul more at half court as opposed to sitting around that three point line area mm-hmm. and waiting for him to come down and put a little more ball pressure and I think maybe that started to wear down a little bit on Chris Paul because you saw in the in the second half in particular the fourth quarter now Chris Paul had a good game. 
He was scoring the basketball, getting his teammates involved, uh, but had a lot of turnovers. Had six turnovers, six and in turnovers. particular, some of those, and some of those turnovers late, Pritch were were really due to fatigue. I mean, there was that one with what a couple three minutes left in the game. I was very intently watching that because I did get in game. I did actually bet the second half plus the ten and a half. So we got to sweat that one. That was a lot of fun sweating the last possession by possession in the last uh, last minute of the game. But ultimately, you did start to see fatigue come settle in for Chris Paul. I think with there was one behind a really lazy behind mm-hmm. the back pass that was uh, he had a few of those a, a few bad passes towards the end of the game. And I think fatigue started to settle in. And I think that's something to look forward to game three. A lot of minutes expended for Chris Paul these last couple games, but also they are going to have some of extended break. But think about another injury for the Suns going into the series. Which team was the healthier team? It was Phoenix. Which team was the deeper team? It was the Suns. Not the case right now. Giannis looked very healthy last night. I expect we'll see a great game out of him. A couple more days rest and rehab to recuperate with that knee come game three. But now not only with Sarich, and you know, these are bench players for the Suns, but Sarich being gone for the rest of the playoffs. And now Torrey Craig went down for the Suns. So what was the strength going in when we're looking at the bench capacity for each team. Now that I think that is flipped and that's become the weakness for the Suns. We'll see what the status is. Tory Craig is going forward in this series. Uh, but now that Suns bench has gotten even shorter and much younger. When you think about who comes off the bench for them now, really just relegated to Johnson, Cam Johnson and campaign coming off the bench for the most part as any kind of significant contributor and now having to go on the road. And that's going to be the key here, not only with the, with, with the Suns with this team and how injured they, are uh, the depth impacted off the bench, but now you're going to go on the road. It was nice and had a lot of fun and games down there in Phoenix with the crowd supporting you down there, but now going to be a different environment going back to Milwaukee come game three. Okay, and so how about this for an update? Uh, our producer, JJ, just informed me uh, that there's no structural damage for Tory Craig. He's day-to-day, uh, so it's going to be a soreness thing, kind of like what Giannis is going through. Could be a sort of like Giannis, but also maybe if you're if it's a contusion or a bruise, right. something like that. Maybe something similar to uh, uh, to Trey Young. Mm-hmm. I don't know, obviously his was in his foot. Much different, much different story there. Much different player too. We're just talking about Tory Craig coming off the bench, but he's one of the late. He's one of the few veterans that they have on this team. It's right. a very young Suns team, aside from Chris Paul. So we'll see what he can do and how effective he can be. But a different story now, I think, for the Suns. I'm not quite ready to throw. You know, now it's talking about. Well, is it going to be a sweep? Is it is it going to win in five kind of thing? I'm not quite ready to throw the towel in on, on the Milwaukee Bucks. Not to say that I'm looking to bet them on a series price somewhere for them to come back and win this series, but I think they can still extend this series out to six games. So those are some of the things that I was looking at here when you talk about it, whether it's exact number of games, mm-hmm. plus, what is it, six sitting there at plus th- 300 or seven games plus 250, was looking more at a Suns win, and the Suns to win in six is plus 450, and the Suns to actually win in seven is plus 450. I think we'll just see a different, completely different game at home for the Bucks. But one of the things we talked about too, Pritch, yesterday, we we broke down a lot of the player props and mm-hmm. a lot of those were able to come through. But Chris Middleton, when we talked about the Bucks, and if we're wanting to get on board with the Bucks to be able to win this series, and if Giannis can play healthy, which he did last night, it has to be Chris Middleton to be consistent through the series. We've seen this throughout the playoffs where he has a great game, and then he's a no-show for, for a game here and a game there, and complete no-show effort from Chris Middleton last night, not on the offensive side of the floor, did not shoot the ball well, 5 out of 16, and a lot of it was deferring to Giannis, who was really aggressive, obviously, but more so even, not so much the lack of offense that we saw out of Chris Middleton and the aggressiveness, but defensively so many possessions, I'm looking at Middleton, and he just looked disengaged, he looked lost, Booker he couldn't stay in front of Booker in the second half and just no awareness out there on the defensive side of the court really got kind of worked, and that was a big concern concern too. So what kind of game are we going to see out of Chris Middleton in game three and or any of these games going forward? I think that's going to obviously be a key for the Bucks here, no doubt. But uh, it kind of came out to play with Middleton like we talked about. Right. Was he going to be – was he going to show up consistently for this Bucks team to be able to go and win an NBA Finals and clearly a no-show play last night? James, that's the difference between a superstar and a role player. I mean, Middleton's going to have to elevate himself to uh, that borderline superstar status to where he can be more consistent. 
consistent, you know, especially in the NBA Finals. Uh, you can't take a night off in the finals, especially when you got Giannis that needs that help out there uh, and from an offensive standpoint. Holiday was going to commit to the defense. I mean, we talked about that and was able to cash that ticket in terms of his prop situation under. Uh, but you saw the energy, though. You saw the amount of minutes on the floor. Uh, now, on the other side, too, you saw some elevated minutes from Paul, from Booker, from Aiton as well because of injuries. And certainly rotations are going to get shorter and shorter here as we're two games into it, James. But I think I've seen this movie before, though, when it comes to the Bucs. Uh, they were down 0-2 uh, against the Nets. Did not have any confidence. It looked like the Brooklyn Nets had all the confidence. And then all of a sudden, two games later in Milwaukee, that series was even. Uh, and then we saw the confidence kind of emerge for Milwaukee, too. So uh, I think Milwaukee is going to start to feel a little bit more comfortable uh, and confident as they return back home. This is not a team that's just going to lay down come game three. Right. And obviously game three is a must win for the Bucks. And and I, you're right to that point with, with how they performed against the – thinking about the Brooklyn Nets in the second round of mm -hmm. the Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah, I think that was where, especially the first two games, just completely the, the Bucks fear the deer. Yeah, they were fearful. Looked like the deer in the headlights there <laughs> against the Nets in those first two games. Just totally got, just just got run off the floor. And then, yeah, and that's where Middleton began to step up in, that, in those games at home. And that's what has to happen. It can't just be all Giannis being able to continue to drive and be aggressive. He's the toughest matchup on the floor for either side right now. And, and being he's not 100%, but being at least wherever capacity he is and feeding off the adrenaline and the emotion, too. I think that's what we saw out of Giannis that we didn't see out of some of the other players, in particular Chris Middleton, was just the the emotion and the, the competitive spirit out there. He's fired up on the bench, and you're seeing him banging things around and getting trying to get his guys fired up. Uh, that's part of being a leader, too, and sometimes it's through your play on the floor, and sometimes it, it needs to be called out vocally and verbally, and you have to call it out for collectively as a team or individually as a player I'm sure there's some there were some conversations that happened last night after the game and on the flight home that they'll have time to review some film and and continue to try to make some adjustments now the adjustments we talked about the adjustments on the defensive side to be made for the Bucks defending the ball screen with Chris Ball but also the offensive adjustments that have to be made Drew Holiday we talked about the energy being expended last night on the floor defensively would probably impact uh, his ability to score the basketball it didn't impact his ability to shoot the basketball at least put up the attempts he had 20 21 attempts last mm -hmm. night, but nothing could go down. And, you know, those legs are uh, – it, it just takes so much energy when you're playing at the NBA Finals level. The, the, the intensity is so high that – but, you know, they get back home, Pritch, and the basket will look a little bit bigger on that side. And when you come back home, and maybe we'll see some more – a little more different rotation out there. I thought Brooke Lopez was a total liability anytime he was on the court defensively last night. Maybe we'll see more of a smaller lineup out there. Bobby Portis only played five minutes in that game last night. Maybe it's going to be – maybe the adjustment is going to be we'll see a little more Portis playing at the five position. They go a little smaller and not as much Lopez because ultimately when Lopez is out there defensively and he gets pulled away, he can't move his feet. It's just a monolith out there and he just gets really worked on the defensive side. Maybe there's an adjustment to be made right there for the Milwaukee Bucks come game three. Yeah, we talk about Milwaukee's and, and their adjustment defensively, which uh, I don't know how many more they can make because when Bridges goes off, uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about four guys uh, against you offensively that gets difficult. Uh, and then the way that the Suns were able to share the basketball too and move it around. Uh, I mean, you're just going to wear down defensively right there if you're the Bucks. They got to find a way to get uh, that consistent offensive production, though. Uh, and I wonder where that's going to come from. I mean, we mentioned Holiday. Can he be that guy, or is he going to be relegated to the defensive side of the court? Uh, Giannis is going to get his. I fully believe, even though he's not 100. Uh, he's still playing like a superstar. But then Middleton. But then who else though, uh, James? You mentioned Portis. Uh, I mean, who else can we uh, look at in terms of offensive adjustments for Milwaukee? Maybe the part of the – maybe in particular, maybe it's not so much a particular player, but we talked about last night too mm -hmm. the aggressiveness that we would need to see out of the Bucs. And we saw it definitely early in the game first quarter, first half, everything is going to the rim, right. uh, but not getting, not getting to the free throw line. Now, you know, not that Phoenix, Phoenix really is not that great of a team. You do have Deandre Ayton kind of patrol in the middle to, to drive, to, take away driving lanes there, but you know, you can get him in foul trouble. They got a lot of the frontline players last night in foul trouble did Giannis, but aside from Giannis had 18 free throw attempts 
collectively as a team, aside from from the Greek freak, there were five free throw attempts from the re- for the rest of the ball club through four quarters. Like that's not going <laughs> to cut it. You can't just constantly rely on Giannis mm-hmm. having to score the ball and having to make make shots from the floor. You got to get some free throw attempts. Now we didn't see the volume of free throw attempts from the Suns in Game Two like we saw in Game One. Just collectively, they had 14 free throw attempts. Bridges had eight of them. Paul only took one. Nothing from Booker. So I think there's there's I think there's going to be some fatigue that's going to set in just from the amount of for both sides, but in particular for Paul and Booker. You know, 44 minutes played for Booker last night and shot and played much better in the second half. But so much of that was really just the kind of lack of awareness in my mind from Chris Middleton. Uh, you know, what is that number sitting at? Roughly about four is in favor of the Bucks. Came Game Three. Uh, I I don't know. I'm not ready to throw in the towel right now on the Bucks. Right. Not so much to win the series, but to extend the series. I'm looking that way and it has to start with game three so right now my initial lean as far as betting that game it would be towards the Bucks laying the four mm-hmm. and if Giannis continues with an extra day to feel better I mean I think he's still kind of injured right there but if he's feeling better uh, and if he's feeling poorly and scoring 42 uh, going home uh, if he can get some production and help from his teammates uh, the rim being a little smaller for the Suns uh, Bucks can get back into it James okay in six or 12 to one I don't know if that's enticing enough, though, at this point. Yeah, I think like I think I'm going to stay away from any yeah. of the Bucks futures to actually win the series, but I think I still think the Suns are the better team. Now they're okay. not going to be the deeper team, and we'll see how Torrey Craig comes back from his injury. But it's not going to be a one-way street either. And, and you talked about what it looked like for the Bucks when they played at home against the Nets, and definitely, and, and it was a wounded Nets team. We know that. And then Game Four is when Kyrie went down midway through that Game Four, and and the Bucks were clearly able to take advantage of that. But more so looking at the Suns. I think the Suns are the better team, but I think the Bucks can extend this because the Suns still have to go on the road and win a game. Right. Taking care of business at home, 2-0 and would look great and covered both covered both of those numbers, but now going on the road, uh, you still have to, if, even if they get a split here, yeah, could they potentially win this in five games at home? Well, they had the opportunity to do that against the LA Clippers in the last round and weren't able to finish in that game five. They looked a little tight in that game five scenario, closeout scenario at home. So I may be still getting involved. Got a little while to think about this and what I'll do before Sunday, because ultimately I'll have to bet this before the game tips off game three Sunday night, but Suns and six is sitting at plus 450 and Suns and mm-hmm. seven sitting at plus 450. Obviously, we need the, the Bucks to do their part and win two games, but I think they can do that in particular these next two games at home. They're going to have to do that starting with game three or my bets are going to be shot. So I haven't made those bets yet, Pritch, but that's really where I'm going to be looking at and making two bets there to kind of cover myself for this series. Suns and six plus 450 and Suns and seven plus 450. Mm-hmm. Kind of like where those numbers sit right All now. All right, going over those numbers. I love it, James. Uh, going over these numbers, uh, no choices for me here with uh, finals MVP, but Paul is uh, minus 120 now. Booker, uh, his adjusted price uh, plus 180 right now. Yeah, I mean, well, right now, Paul didn't have a great game. The mm-hmm. turnovers were kind of glaring, especially as he kind of wore down in that fourth quarter. But clearly, I think the sentiment, sentimentality when it comes to voting, if the Suns are able to clinch this, and if Paul has another, doesn't have to have that sensational game like he did in game one, but just be a steady presence, putting in 20 points, bringing in 10 assists, running the show, not having six turnovers like he did in game right. two, and he's fully capable of doing that. And then the other part is, Pritch, he was still able to get around in the middle of the paint where he wanted to, uh, just like he did in game one. So the adjustments, yeah, just there's not a whole lot left for the to do on the adjustment so the fact that he's going to continue to be able to work around the inside the three-point line uh, in that free throw line extended area where he loves to thrive uh, I think it's yeah there's only one play for me Suns win the series and it's going to be the MVP goes to Chris Paul why are the Bucks reluctant to knock him down James I don't get it it's just sometimes it's just not in your nature it's not in your character we talk about team identity all the time well when you're a soft team that's just not part of who you are all right (laughs) straight to the point i love it right there um james we're going to get to some better bets on the board when it comes to the national football league are we underestimating or the books underestimating uh this team we'll get to that coming up next
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my That's my game. <laughs> Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great, too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app, stop by any MGM casino on the strip, have that state-issued ID, open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions, must be at least 21, and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show, Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas, your host today. James, the National Football League, um, we have to figure out some better bets uh, currently on the board as we get closer and closer to training camp. Love it. Uh, the Cardinals to make the playoffs plus 185 or the Browns to miss the playoffs uh, plus 185. Out of those two, which do you believe to be the better bet? 
I have to go with this one by default, Pritch, because you know how much I just—I'm such a fan of the Browns. It's weird yeah. to say I'm a fan of the Browns. You're a fan? I'm a fan of the Browns when it comes to betting. I'm right. not a fan of any team when it comes to any any sport, any team. I have no allegiance. I could care less who wins. I'm all about who's going to cover the number. I just—I'm—I uh, just really for a team like the Cleveland Browns, we just don't see that this much anymore. When you see a team that is committed to putting your quarterback under center, lining up and saying for four quarters we are committed to ground and pound and pounding the football at you and taking your will from you and your heart from you on the defensive side. And I just love the identity that we saw out of the Browns. I like what they did in the offseason when it came to the defensive side of the ball through free agency and also through the draft. I think that defense will be much of they didn't have nowhere they didn't have much else to go than right. from last year's defense pritch. But so I have to go by default because I think the Browns are going to be they're, they're going to win the AFC North. And so I don't want to bet against them that they're going to make the playoffs. You win the division, you're in the playoffs. So I think by default, let's just talk about the Cardinals and you know Cardinals made some interesting moves in the offseason and and I think that's where you've got a really interesting mix of some veteran leadership on that team especially on the defensive side Mm -hmm. and and then offensively just another year for Hopkins and Murray and now you got AJ throw AJ Green in the mix I think the the offensive line will be a little more improved I'm not really I'm not ready to commit to the coaching side and the play calling with the Arizona Cardinals at just yet but it's always a difficult team to match up for uh, with Kyler Murray and because he is such really just that water bug that just zips and darts back there and wants to get outside the pocket you got to keep him in and contain him and take away the those passing lanes is very obscure as view but I think here the schedule is just makes it challenging for me to say really I, I say that they can make the playoffs when we're talking about the Cardinals because that schedule in particular how they open up their schedule it's killer I mean you're going right. to go on the road at Tennessee come back home from Minnesota then back on the road again in Jacksonville now that is it's the Jaguars but it's September it's going to be hot it's going to be humid it's going to be muggy it's your second trip across country then you're coming back home and having to go or going back again on the road the next week playing the Rams home to San Francisco and then back out to the Mm -hmm. east side again playing at Cleveland. Well, I'm, how many wins are in there? Two, maybe that's a brutal schedule. So uh, I, I, I guess I'll go with the the Cardinals (laughs) to rally and say they'll win the, they'll be able to make the playoffs because more so it's by default because I just love Cleveland. I think they're going to be the best team in that AFC. Yeah, that was a tough question between those two to figure out the better bet. Good job, though. (laughs) Good job. Okay, Raiders over seven wins. Uh, they're minus 125 uh, here, James. Or the Bengals under six and a half wins, minus 125. The better bet between those two. Bengals. Okay. Uh, the Bengals, we don't know when Joe Burrow is going to come back right. for one. And if he does come back early, how healthy is he going to be? He's just, he's only right now. That I mean, that surgery, major knee reconstruction in December. Bad offensive line. Now you're going to throw him back out there early in the season. I don't see it. So without him out there, there's it's going to be a long season for the Bengals, even with Burrow out there. I love Burrow. I think he's such a competitive, great leader. He's going to be around for a long time making plays. But it's going to be a while before I think we see him on the field. So to me, it's going to be there because the other side, Pritch, the Raiders, do you trust them to go win eight games this season? Is that defense going to – Is there? are they going to guard anybody? Are they going to cover anyone in that secondary? Are they going to be out, get, able to get off the field? Or is Derek Hart going to – constantly have to get into yeah. 30 points plus points on the board because that defense still isn't going to stop it. Anymore. You know, James, I do a morning show out here in Vegas. Uh, uh, it's uh, Raider Nation Radio. And and so we were talking about uh, this on a program today, Gus Bradley, the Gus Bradley effect. So uh, the first year he took over with the Chargers after John Pagano, um, I, I think the Raiders went from giving up, they were 29th in points allowed to third in points allowed under Gus Bradley in that first year. So I think Gus Bradley is going to get some results this year for the Raiders defensively. Now, can they be consistent offensively? That That's going to be the question. Uh, can Derek Carr elevate his game too? Uh, and if so, I mean, going over seven wins is minus 125 right there. But uh, I think a lot of people out here are starting to get a little bit more excited about the Raiders. We'll see, though. I mean, still got to get it done on the field. Uh, coming up next, James, South Point has dropped uh, week one schedule in college football. Some great games on his schedule. We'll go over those odds coming up next.
VSIN is your betting headquarters for UFC 264. We're bringing you in-depth analysis of the McGregor Poirier main event, plus key bouts on the undercard from our full team of experts, including Lou Finacaro, Reed Kuhn, and Jordan Sherwood. Sign up for the free VSIN newsletter to receive our digital guide and tune in Saturday at noon Eastern for First Strike, our live preview show with updates from all of our fight experts. Get everything you need for betting on UFC 264 and sign up now for the free UFC 264 betting guide at vcin.com slash free. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas, your host today. James, week one, college football. Uh, excited about that. Uh, I got passion for college football. I mean, I analyze na uh, the National Football League and, and certainly bet, but the passion lies with college football for me. Uh, so uh, week one schedule, some games that stood out. Nebraska minus eight and a half on the road against the Illini, the fighting Illini with Brett Bielema back in the Big Ten coaching and trying to get it done there with the fighting Illini. So uh, he's up against it to me, James. I think he's going to have to rebuild this thing all over and tap into some of those Big Ten ties to get that program uh, up to snuff. So uh, Nebraska laying eight and a half. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually like that bet. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're leading to. I'm shocked. I know. Rich. I'm literally shocked when I saw this on our rundown. I was like, oh, this is going to be an auto fade <laughs> just from because we're not fans of anything. But I know that there's certain teams that uh, you are going to gravitate against, and Nebraska Big Red would be. To probably top one of the top on the list, if not the top on the list. But thinking about that game in particular, I don't know, Nebraska going on the road, favored by eight and a half over anybody. Illinois, yeah, it's Billima's going to have a, uh, you know, Illinois has been down for such a long time. But the mm -hmm. one thing about Illinois there with, with when Lovey Smith was there for those five years, such a long, uh, uh, last year was all of that final recruiting class for him. A lot of seniors on that team. And the one thing I think we really dig into through prepping for college football come fall is the super senior. And that's going to be something different that we haven't seen because of the pandemic last year. And that, that eligibility for those that, that weren't able, that would not have that eligibility that are now think about a team like Illinois, it's going to have a lot of seniors. They're going to have 17 super seniors. Let's take that for what it's worth. Now experience is one thing. Talent is another. So right. just because you're an older guy out there, if you don't have any talent, that doesn't mean much of anything, but I think that's something to consider. Maybe not so much here for Illinois, even though they have a lot of a case, we can call them super seniors, 17 of those guys coming mm -hmm. and remaining on this roster come 2021. But I think that's something to, to dig into as we progress and get closer to the start of college football season, checking, just looking at the rosters and, and also not only the super senior piece, but also the transfer portal right. and how active that transfer, that transfer portal has been. I don't know if it really impacts that game in particular, but yeah, Nebraska, you're going to lay the eight and a half on the road. All right. Go big red, huh, Pritch? Yeah, you know what, James? I think it comes to uh, Frost being up against it, and then they pride themselves on being the black shirts defensively, so they're, they're paying attention there. Uh, it is Nebraska football, but they have an experienced quarterback. So when I'm looking at a line like this, minus eight and a half, uh, Adrian Martinez coming back. Uh, McCaffrey uh, transferred. Uh, Luke, one of the McCaffrey brothers he transferred, yep. cannot beat out Adrian Martinez. So uh, I'm looking at that continuity, Frost uh, understanding uh, where he He's at, I mean, four consecutive seasons without going to a bowl game. That's unheard of for Nebraska going back to the 60s. Uh, and, and, you know, for the Illini on the other side, for Bielema, uh, you mentioned experience versus talent. So talent, when I got recruited by Illinois, they were getting guys from Chicago, from East uh, St. Louis, uh, from across the country. Nowadays, it's, it's hard to get talent to go to the Illini. So uh, that's why I give Nebraska the edge right there. And I don't mind backing the minus eight and a half on the road to open up uh, the season. Laying the lay in yeah. the lay, on lay the road the too, right, <laughs> and you know where I come from more times yeah. than not. So early in the season with college football, I'll be real frank. I don't bet a whole lot because I'm more of the dog player, mm -hmm. and I like to find situational spots, dig into the schedule, find those look ahead games, those kind of things, find those sandwich spots, and be able to take those underdogs at a good number. Uh, but early in the schedule, right? Nobody's looking past anybody. You're just your excitement. You started excited to get the the season started, in particular this year. You're 
you're excited because now you're going to have fans in the stands, most likely full capacity at so many venues, uh, even adds to the the excitement for for the young student athletes jumping out there. So it's usually I'm pretty cautious early in the season when it comes to betting college football. Okay, another game that stood out too, a group of five matchup, Boise State uh, at UCF. UCF's got an experienced quarterback, uh, Gabriel. I think he's really good. And you got Malzahn now, uh, head coach uh, over there at UCF. They're minus four and a half at home against Boise State that's hired a defensive-minded head coach. Now, he did play at Boise State, kind of like everybody else who becomes a coach there. Uh, but this is a defensive-minded head coach as opposed to Harson, who's now at Auburn, uh, and certainly uh, Peterson, uh, who's retired now as a coach. And Malzahn taking over there. And you talked about the talent. That There's plenty of talent on UC, at UCF. Right. And you're playing at home, and it's first week of first week of September. How's the weather going to be down there compared to Boise? What's that going to look like? <laughs> That's going to be a hot, humid mess. Those are some of the things I look for early in the season, both college football and the NFL. We're talking about some of these inner – you know, outside of conference matchups, not so familiar with each other, also having to travel and then playing in those types of environments when we're talking about the heat and humidity that you know you'll see down there in Central Florida. So I've, I've, my lean would be right away looking at Central Florida playing at home, laying just four and a half. Okay, and here's my dog play. It's the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia Bulldogs uh, catching four points against Clemson. No experienced quarterback. Yeah. I know he's good, but nope. he's not experienced. He's right? good. Yep. And we may be talking about him later as the season. And yeah. I think this is for, for Clemson. It's this is the big game on their schedule because really the ACC is just such a down conference right mm-hmm. now. And Georgia, yeah, it's a is it it's in a sense it's it's going to be you know it's a it's a non. Uh, non-home game right here. It's a, a neutral site per se, but I think for Georgia, plenty of talent. I mean, they recruit just as well as, right. as some of the other big dogs there in the SEC, Alabama, et cetera. They're going to recruit just like Ohio State does. Plenty of talent. And for Clemson, yeah, defensively, maybe they'll – I think that's what was missing last year, just that physicality from the defensive side and the consistent pass rush. They just didn't look as, as strong and as stout up front like we've seen in years past. And now you're going to get that from the Georgia team Mm -hmm. on both sides. The football quarterback solidified there with Daniels behind center. And then on the defensive side in particular in the second, I mean, they got dogs, Georgia Bulldogs. (laughs) They definitely got some dogs on the defensive side. They do looking at plus four there. Yeah. They need this game. I like them. Plus that's, that's one of the dogs I'd be looking at too, Pritch. Yeah. That defensive line versus uh, inexperienced Uh, offensive line, new quarterback too, uh, up against it, that, that game, that first game there. And so too, I think uh, Georgia's uh, created that identity, too. I mean, you go from Fields to Fromm to Easton to Bennett to now uh, Daniels at quarterback. I mean, you have to create that identity, and I feel like Georgia has finally done that, uh, going with JT Daniels there at quarterback. Man, I cannot wait for college football. Great job right there. Uh, But coming up on the program right now, Jeff Erickson, senior editor from Rotowire. He joins us to talk about Major League Baseball. We'll get to Major League Baseball, the All-Star Game, all that coming up next. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great, too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. BetMGM invites you to sign up today and win $100 when you place a $1 wager on the notorious one to get his revenge in the main event of UFC 264. Simply use bonus code VSIN100 when you place your bet to take advantage of this knockout offer. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Located in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Washington, D.C., Virginia, or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan. Dissociated persons, please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. In Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C., 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line 800-889-9789. In Indiana, it's 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas, your host today, and happy to bring on to the program right now, Jeff Erickson, Senior Editor, Rotowire. Jeff, how are you? Doing well, guys. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Looking and anticipating the All-Star break. Uh, James is in Denver getting ready for uh, the, the All-Star game out there. Uh, I want to ask you this question, Jeff, in terms of futures for uh, some of these divisions. Like, I want chaos. I want Washington to fall apart because I want to see where Scherzer goes. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, as we look at the, the Phillies in second place and then Tampa Bay in second place, looking at the second half, uh, any teams interest you in terms of futures and winning their division? If anything, I think Washington's uh, poised to make a run. I mean, yesterday was chaos, though, in that San Diego-Washington right. game. Max Scherzer gets an 8 nothing lead, and they can't hold on. That's right. just wild. Giving up a grand slam to a relief pitcher. Uh, but – 
lately, they've been actually hitting the ball pretty well. They're going to get Strasburg back pretty soon. I think they'll be hard-pressed to uh, trade Scherzer at the deadline, especially given their history in 2019. It would take a Cubs-like collapse for them to uh, have that to do that. I think the Cubs and the Twins are the two, quote-unquote, good teams that ha- have talented trade that we might be looking at. So maybe like Craig Kimbrell uh, on the trade block. I heard a wild rumor about Nelson Cruz maybe going on the trading block. I think those might be some fun ones there. But I, I do think that uh, the Nats are going to hang around, especially because the Phillies and the Braves have been so accommodating to not go away from them. Also, the Mets are having a hard time getting the bats going. Uh, I, you know, they're all about run prevention. I think this division is still there to be had. And the thing is, it has to be the division, both in the East and probably in the Central. You're probably looking at just one team making the playoffs. Jeff, so let's move from the National League East to the National League West. I don't know if with three games remaining before the All-Star break, I don't know if we thought, at least I wasn't thinking, San Francisco would be sitting atop the NL West at this point. And now it's only a game, a game ahead of the Dodgers. But now the Dodgers are having a little issue with their rotation. We know Kershaw just went on the IL with the forearm issue. Not sure exactly to what extent how injured that is, but also some questions about Trevor Bauer. When is he going to get back onto the mound for the Dodgers? So a little bit of issues going on with the rotation and the Padres sitting right now in in third place four games back you talk about that division you talked about certain teams being sellers which teams will be buyers here the Giants will be included in that market if they're going to be buyers and compete and potentially try to remain in this race in the second half of the season in the NL West what kind of pieces parts do the Giants need to continue to contend going forward I think second base with Tommy LaStella on the 60-day IL, uh, I think that's one area they could upgrade. Every team needs a reliever. Every team need, would, would love to improve a starter. You know, there's there's a finite supply of those. There's not too many teams out there that have those to trade. But that's what you're probably looking at. The Dodgers are definitely looking for uh, one more starter to get them through for a while. David Price is starting tonight, but he's been going two innings at a piece. I know they want to stretch him out, but I don't see him going too deep tonight. Uh, it may take a while. Uh, Kershaw, you know, you almost wondered, like, is this a case of Dodgeritis where they're going to have him, like, sit for 10 days, skip the all-star game, you know, but then they said rumors came out or the word came out, not rumors, but the word came out today that he was getting an uh, MRI today. And I I think, you know, that might be a legit injury, especially when you consider this is going to be like, they're going to have like three bullpen starts in one week, uh, two with a fill for Bauer and now one for Kershaw. They're, they're really kind of in a tough spot. Tonight's going to be priced for a couple and then they'll try to fill in from there. We'll see Walker Buehler on Saturday. uh, And, you know, Gonsolin, they're trying to get innings out of him and he's coming back from a shoulder. So I, I really think the Dodgers will be buyers. I mean, they have so much invested in winning now. You know that they'll be in the mix there to try to improve. I, I think the Giants, too. I know they're ahead of schedule, and they've got this great farm system now. Some of their some talent that could be ready this year, but most in the in the two- to three-year window, I think, at least in terms of the bats. I think they could probably use one more starter and I think another second baseman. Speaking with Jeff Erickson, senior editor at Roto-Wire. Uh, Jeff, you know, the AL East is interesting uh, for the fact yeah. that the Red Sox are 10 to 1 to win World Series. Uh, I can't believe that, to be honest with you. 14 to 1 for the Tampa Bay Rays. There's something going on in Tampa Bay this year. Uh, they're back in it again uh, within that division, too. So, your thoughts on that division, AL East? Yeah, I mean, who saw the Red Sox coming at the start of the season? Not too many people are talking about that. See, the Yankees have double the odds as as the Red Sox at this point. <laughs> I think that's really eye-opening, and they're not even in second place. They're not even in third. They're behind the Jays. Yeah. Uh, and that's the amazing part to me. And, but you look at the, the Yankees' rotation. Garrett Cole's an ace. I know he's struggling lately with the, you know, the grip enhancement uh, crackdown. Uh, but you look at the rest of the rotation, and who do you, who stands out as a playoff-type starter? You know, Jamison Tyon doesn't uh, make cut that for me. Uh, you look at, you know, Corey Kluber is done basically for the year. If, if, and I wonder if he'll ever come back given all the problems he's had. Um, you know, Jordan Montgomery is just a league average starter. They don't have those horses in, in the rotation. And now that they got uncertainty with the roleless Chapman, they didn't even go to him yesterday for a, a or two days ago for a save op. Um, I, I really makes you wonder like where they're at right now and what they're going to do. Uh, you know, the race, I, I think that it's remarkable for them that they're without Tyler glass. Now they traded away Blake Snell. They let Charlie Morton walk and here they are 15 games over 500. They still have top prospects in their system. Luis Patino has been up and down, but I expect him to make a big p- impact in the second half. Uh, you know, they called up Vidal Brujan just uh, the other day. Uh, Josh Lowe's still in the minors. He's like a really good trade chip for them. A good outfield prospect. I expect him to be dealt for an improvement. And I think the Rays will add some pitching. 
Jeff, I got to ask you, I'm out here in Denver, just a few miles down the street from me is Coors Field, all the buzz about the All-Star game and all the festivities around it. In particular, a lot more talk about the home run derby than the actual All-Star game on Tuesday right. and because of, of Otani and just what he's done this season, not only being able to pitch and we did, we've never seen this before. Well, maybe it's been a hundred years, a lot of talk about Babe Ruth back in the day, but since we've been around to see this, obviously we've never seen this happen, but from a, from a hitting perspective, not so much, not only for the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby, which is going to be fun, but we're talking about awards and end of the season awards, MVP caliber awards like Otani, who right now is the front runner to win the MVP in the AL. What have you seen from Otani uh, as far as his swing goes to where, have you found any holes? Have you seen any holes in that swing? Because to me, it's just such a beautiful, effortless looking swing from that left side of the plate. He's so much fun to watch. Oh, it's amazing. There'll be like these bad balls, like down and away. And somehow he, he jerks it out to right field and not just out, but like 400 feet out. And, you know, I'm going to be like Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker was asked, uh, is he going to be uh, participating in the home run derby? He goes, no way. I'm going to have a beer and watch Otani. That's me. I'm going to be, I'm all about that too. Uh, I, I, it's, it's amazing. One thing to note uh, on the odds, the odds are pretty stacked in favor of Otani and Gallo for the home run derby. Uh, but course field plays better as a home run park for righties than they do lefties. Uh, if you look at uh, two year, uh, three year park factors, usually that's a, usually a good sample. Uh, lefties are, it's a plus uh, ballpark for home runs, hundred, a plus one twelve according to baseball savant, but for righties it's plus one twenty. This year alone, the, the difference is more stark. Now that just might be because of who the Rockies have on the roster and who they played and the timing in which they play teams. And, you know, remember they had a lot of home games in April and May when the weather was lousy. Uh, now the ball's flying out a little bit more. It might change a little bit, but it's been significantly in favor of righties. And if you look at the odds there, the top three, two of the top three guys are two of the, the top two guys are lefties, three of the top four, you know, I almost kind of like the odds on uh, Alonzo and Story because of that there. I think you might be getting a little bit of value. Now, I think Otani and Gallo are, are the right are rightfully the favorites just because on on their own merit. But if you're looking for a tiny little edge, maybe you can find a righty there. We're speaking with Jeff Erickson, senior editor, Roto-Wire. Follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Erickson. You know, Joey Gallo uh, from Vegas out here, uh, Jeff, and uh, I have that sentimental uh, uh, value there, I guess, at plus 450 for him because I I think he's that guy that gets to the dish uh, and he's going to strike out or he's going to launch it. Uh, And therefore, at Coors Field, uh, I mean, this might be right down his alley right there. Yeah, uh, I, you're right. Um, and, you know, they won't be checking the bullpen pitchers uh, that are throwing batting practice for the home run derby. They won't be checking for grip enhancement there, but uh, we'll see about that otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like Gallo. I'm actually going to be in Vegas for the derby, so I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. I might put a, a shekel or two down for him. Um. Jeff, I want to I want to get your opinion real quick before before we let you run here. Games tonight and series coming up before the All Star break, in particular the Yankees going into Houston. Yankees first appearance back in Houston since the 2019 ALCS. Want to get your opinion both on these teams, the matchup tonight, the series going forward and through the weekend. Well, it's not a great pitching matchup there. Nestor Cortez for the Yankees uh, and Jake Odorizzi going for the uh, Astros, probably their weakest pitcher. You know, that, that's, you know, both times, both recent times that I've talked to you guys, the pitching slate's been shaky. Uh, although there's always guys that come through, uh, you, you'll see that, you know, Astros are favored by a little bit there. Um, I, I think I do kind of still like the under uh, Houston actually is a tougher place to hit. And traditionally they hit better on the road than they do at home. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, the Yankees just got shut down by Logan Gilbert yesterday coming in a little angry. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I'd probably still back the Astros a little bit there. Probably not an aggressive bet, but I, I do. I think I like that side. And follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Erickson, Jeff Erickson, senior editor, Rotowire. Cannot thank you enough for your time. That was awesome. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. There he goes right there. Great Major League Baseball breakdown. We got so much going on with the with the games, James. We're going to get to that uh, a little bit later on the show as well. Uh, but as we get closer and closer to this All-Star break, I mean, uh, some of these games get interesting to me, too, uh, because you got that break. And so how do you cap those or do you kind of just stay away? You have to be careful because you got to see which teams already have their bat, which players and teams have their bags packed uh, for a little R and R after it comes Sunday, and maybe there's a little R and R going on this weekend as well prior to the All Star break. All right, that'll do it for hour number one. Hour number two, we're going to have Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus to go over some quarterbacks. All that and more coming up in hour number two, right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.